0: hello good evening and welcome to the everyman podcast now tonight we have a very special guest we have nick hancock who is and he's querying it here saying that he's not an elite runner yeah. and a coach where to us as literally the everyman who there's only one of us who can run a sub 20 minute uh, 5k and nick has absolutely smashed that um i think he's being slightly modest compared to us as we say the everyman nick how are you doing tonight
1: yeah, I'm good, thank you. I don't I don't mind the title that you've given of and coach. It's just the yeah. elite run of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Honestly, all we have heard uh from from Reese is honestly, he's so good at running. He's my idol. I'm trying to get him to bite here. Um he's my <laughs> idol. One day I hope I can run a, a 17 minute 5k. I want a 70-odd minute half marathon I want a sub three hour marathon so yeah I um, yeah I've heard lots of great things and it's it's great to have you on so so thank you very much yeah cheers. um Thanks for inviting how we tend to start how no super grateful how we tend to start every episode is um we we start just by checking in on, on each other and how we are how our week's been um how we're feeling what's going on in our lives that sort of stuff because I think it's important not that not just that we talk as a group of mates about mental health and we bring guests on and, and share stories and experiences, but actually to make sure that we use this time to actually understand as a group of mates and, and make sure we're setting that time to, to understand how we're truly feeling. So um, I'll go with you first, James. How are you, mate? How's your week been?
2: Yeah, not too bad, to be honest. Um, I'm a bit busier on work um, than normal um but yeah it's not being too bad uh revising to do some i'm sitting some exams this month um as a part of getting my my aircraft licenses uh so i need to get some revision done for that but other than that it's going it's going pretty well to be honest um how are you doing reese
3: oh i mean i am not the best actually um i've had well last week obviously missed the a little podcast that woman to do had some family stuff come up. Yeah. Just been feeling pretty well, the week before that on the Friday, I was eight months sober. Um being in the gym well, on then. that day. I felt jazz. Yes, um I felt great on that day, but then slowly over the next couple of days I started feeling quite low and do know, I sort of just been keep going to the gym. I have been feeling a bit better, but then the last few days I've ended up with quite bad anxiety um feel drained low I'm not sleeping properly I've just mm-hmm. felt absolutely crap to be honest and today I've drank quite a few energy drinks to try and pick us up because I've had such bad sleep the last few nights um and it's like got to the point where I've there's like I can actually feel like my heart beating type thing and like that like handshake and tingly feeling that anxiety um but yeah'm I'm, I'm still running I'm I'm I, I'm all right. That's pretty much it, really. I'm I'm all right. I'm I've got a few struggles and stuff. There's a few things happening. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 all right. I, so I would haven't picked would you drink?
0: Yeah, no. I think that's the su- super positive because you have got Thank a lot going on aloo. at the moment. I don't uh,
3: think I am. Yeah,
0: no. I think it's just a delay. Just... Apologies again to everyone. My internet's not doing amazing. Which, and I say it all the time, it's really ironic working for a telecoms provider. And your internet doesn't work. (laughs) But yeah, that is what it is. Um, I think what's really great, because I understand some of the stuff you're going through at the moment. Um, Again, right not to share because everything's up in the air. I I get it. But what's really positive is you've managed to stay away from the thing that was always the bad crux in your life. Um, You've kept away from alcohol, kept away from the things that you would self-sabotage truly and essentially fuck up your life way worse than potentially... The situation you feel like you're currently in
3: yeah self-sabotage is exactly the right way to put it because i've been that's been in my head quite a lot the last few days and it's been something i've been mm. tempted to go to but i I put in too much work i feel too good mm. I, it, Just, just my running obviously it's relevant tonight as well to speak about the run like my running's improved so much since stopping mm-hmm. drinking stopping smoking it's like nearly four months off cigarettes now nearly four months since i've had a bet and i was tempted to have a tab i was tempted to even just have a bet but then i was scared that, you know if i have if i do one of those things then what happens if the drink follows then well it would follow yeah. you know like it's it's a complete like snowball effect and i'm not giving in i'm not giving up i i, I want to stay yeah. with what i've built in on saturday which was my toughest day um I was 250 days sober and I was like I'm getting a 251 and I did. I got there. Oh, I um, love that mate. And so yeah, it's like it is tough, but at the same time, I feel quite happy because when I've been struggling, I wasn't even really that tempted to have a drink, and that's important and that makes us feel happy and feels feels good. So yeah, I'm all right. how are you Lewis?
0: Um good definitely definitely feeling um positive at the moment i think like my fitness isn't where it was a few weeks ago i have to be honest i've kind of um sorry reese we're gonna call it out one of the the listeners and it is james's mum, bless her uh, saying that you're doing amazing reese so yeah huge thank props you. To you to you there um yeah my my running has definitely dropped a little bit um so i picked up a shoulder injury in the gym and um yeah, it's got to a point where like I'm just not sleeping. I'm probably getting like four hours a night at the moment, and not I'm not asking for violins to get out. I need to go and see a physio or something and do something and stop using it as an excuse not to exercise. Um, but since my failed marathon attempt, my appetite to go and run has just no like just dived. Um, so yeah, it, for for me, I'm really keen to speak to Nick tonight and understand how he went from someone who probably couldn't really run as we all start off to someone who can comfortably run and the place that you take yourself to, to get through those times when you're pounding the road and your body wants to give up. Your mind might not want to, but your body starts to fail on you. So really, really keen to to understand some of that. Um, works crazy busy. Um, but I feel like I'm in a, a fairly healthy, um, fairly healthy place at the minute as you you guys know broke up with my partner trying to figure out what being a single dad is that's not the easiest thing in the world um i have to be honest that's really not the easiest thing and that's probably the thing i struggle with the most um but you guys the pod our our listeners who reach out a message about all different things it this has been the year where so much has probably gone not how i ever wanted my life to be and i'm 31 in two days Never would I think at 31 I'd be in the situation I am. But for so many ways, my life is way better. Like I, I talk way more about how I feel, how what I think. I'm way more honest with myself, way more accountable with myself. So even though I'm probably not feeling 100%, I've got to look at where I was a year ago. And a year ago, I didn't want to be here. And a year later, I'm happy. So um yeah, much greater. And, and try not to lower the tone too much because I am in a good place. So have to make it, yeah. Th- this is this is the thing I look forward to so much every week, the chance to come and talk to you guys. Uh Nick, how are you? How's your week been, mate?
1: Yeah, good, thank you. Um <clears throat> yeah,
0: week is um
1: is only a day old, actually, the week. So um and it feels yeah. like a week in a yeah. day already because I'm flying solo. Uh my wife is is off to Japan with work at the moment. Mm. So uh she went on Saturday. So but yeah, all good. Um that meant single parenting yesterday which uh, which actually was was quite nice i took the boys to the woods and i splashed out on a drone a few weeks ago so we had wow. a little, little muck about with that yeah. um turns out filming on a drone is a lot harder than some of the <laughs> bastards on instagram make it look <laughs> oh, do you feel like we you it? Yeah, it just looks shit yeah. it just looks so shit um anyway i'll work it out um but yeah, we just went to the woods, literally just at the road from here. And um, you know, they kicked some leaves around, and there's this mound where um, my my oldest son, when we first moved, he he thought it looked like the gruffalo lived in there, so we always call it where the gruffalo lives. And um, and then I gave in and took them to a, a soft play, which is like just hell on earth. But um, but yeah, took took them there. That was good um nice day yesterday and yeah missing missing my wife a little bit and I think we'll probably talk a little bit more about why um I'm missing her probably a bit more than a husband might normally miss their wife when they go away they're like yes so weak without the wife um yeah and uh I I mean it was a little bit like that yesterday because I managed to do a couple of hours of cleaning and tidying I'm I'm very house proud so I got a for a good couple of hours and sorted things out. And my idea of cleaning, by the way, is looking in a drawer and going, "We don't fucking need any of that." Take the drawer Clean out, it. dump it into a into love a black bag, and take it to the tip. Yeah, that was the yeah, other I thing the that. boys um, the boys did for the first time yesterday was uh, was they got to go to the tip, which was like a day out for me when I was a kid. So yeah, so, uh, did so did yeah, you let yeah, them,
0: Otherwise, did you let them throw stuff in? Because that was always the th- when you yeah, got yeah. to throw stuff. at yeah, that that was a proud moment actually
2: yeah yeah did no, you they, ever
0: see over that. the head lewis no i couldn't nah. I, just, I got a step <laughs> cheers mate <You> twat.
1: <laughs> um so yeah no pretty 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 good um yeah just sort of trying to take each day and live it to the best that we can with what we've got going on as a family i'm being all kind of cryptic here because yeah you know, I, I think we're probably going to get into it so um yeah i'm i'm good
0: good that i'm really sorry that just makes me think what's going on and we can i, I presume we're going to get there so and i don't want to laugh about it yeah. it's probably not the nicest because we're on a this type of podcast so um so yeah i'm sure we will get there but before we we talk about probably where you are today and what your life is today I, what i would be really keen to understand is is where you've probably come from um hmm. a bit around so having read your website and understand and speaking to Reese, understand a little bit more about your story your story sounds very similar to what reese's was to maybe what mine was and lots of the guests and uh, the listeners that we have on the podcast of you were it sounds like you were a man maybe on the hamster wheel a little bit and life was happening to you you weren't maybe living the life mm. that you potentially now have or wanted to have so do you mind just opening up a little bit about that and where you were and yeah. what your journey looked like to to get to where you are today
1: yeah I and mean, i still feel like life is happening to me but <laughs> yeah i think the way i, I think the way i don't sort of deal with it now is, is quite different but yeah i mean um so i'd spent uh, many years working in hospitality um mm-hmm. like race you know i know what it's like in hospitality 20 20 years i spent in it um most of the early years were great you know i was a young Bartender, going around the world, chucking bottles around, and mm. um, making cocktails, and living with other bartenders. I mean, my first proper bartending job. I lived with six other bartenders. Um, I don't remember much about those years because I spent quite a lot of it off my face. Yeah, um, yeah. Which was it? Was a shame, really, because as a as a kid, I was very sporty. I was, um, you know, captain of the cricket team in school. I. Played county and um, country uh, schools cricket. Um, I played county level rugby, football. You know, you name it. I was I was there. You know, it was, I was kind of right. First, one of the first people to be picked was was Nick. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just got a job in hospitality as a you know Saturday job collecting collecting glasses in, in my local pub. Nineteen ninety six. Something like that, how long ago it was. Showing um, your age there, mate. I know, I know. Um, and, uh, and and yeah, sort of very quickly, particularly I think being the um, the kind of personality I am, I'm kind of all in or, or nothing. And um, yeah. I did go all in on it. I left school early and started smoking, um, started drinking way too early. And um, that was kind of my life for, for quite a while. And then I started um, kind of, moving up in the world of hospitality and i can't complain um you know i got into some pretty senior um positions running i was a director for a group of luxury um, bars and restaurants and um nightclub in dubai and um i worked at the fairmont in singapore um you know wow. it's taken me all over the world and that's I, I met my wife living in dubai she's from um from harleypool originally but we met we met in dubai so um, you know, I thank hospitality for for that side of things, but um, the particularly when I moved back to the UK in uh, in twenty twelve was it, it, it was a bit of an eye opener to um, it was a bit of an eye opener to coming coming back into hospitality in the UK, having been away for a few years. Like Dubai, honestly, was a jolly. It was like a yeah. four year holiday, really, like working holiday. Even though I was in fairly senior positions, I had these multi-million-dollar p ls to run. It was one big piss up and one big laugh really. Um, and yeah, so coming back to the UK and uh, I guess having to like properly work again was uh, was a bit of a shock. And um, and the hours I was doing was where the problem was. And I went from job to job to job to job when I first moved back to the UK. I, I ran um a couple of country pubs for a couple of different companies and you know sort of every six months i was like oh this is shit these guys are better it's all going to be grass is greener um i went to work for jamie oliver's for about a year um anyway and then i ended up back working with a company i'd worked at way back in 2003 so i kind of knew the setup a little bit but i forgot just how almost like a badge of honor it was to work 80 90 100 hour weeks week in mm. week out um, and the standards of that company as well were just were, were super super high to the point where i don't think it was um intrinsic in her but my boss at the time was just an arsehole. like i couldn't take any time off without getting a phone call from her you know and it, and um, so yeah it got to a point where the hours, the pressure, the and you know t- things. It started going through my mind like, you know, in hospitality, you, you want to go into a restaurant and all the staff are smiley and happy and you know making you have a good time and making sure that you're all really well looked after. But behind the scenes, they're working their socks off. Hmm. You know, I guarantee you that you know you you go into any hospitality venue in the UK or anywhere in the world really, and ninety percent of the staff in there will have at some point on a shift gone out of the back and gone for fuck's sake yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just it, it's hard you know working those kind of hours and you know keeping smiling oh how are we guys you having a nice yeah. night yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, um that, that's how but that's how it got for me you know in, in my head i was you know on the face of things i was you know just really amazing with my with my guests and making sure everybody was having a great time and stuff but in my head i was like Fuck you! I really hate you. I wish I wasn't here. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I actually, when I was at, when I was working for Jamie Oliver, I did I did bite um, quite badly at a couple of customers that complained directly to Jamie yeah. um, about me because they were just complaining about the stupidest shit. And I went, "Wow, you guys have got is if this is all you've got to complain about in your life, you're doing quite well." And they were like, and I, at the time I was like. Oh, maybe we shouldn't have Did said I say that I that out loud. Yeah, yeah. Did I say that out loud?
2: What were they complaining about?
1: Um, we all want to know. The, 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 I don't think it was the table, they just didn't like the table they were on. They wanted another table, and I couldn't give it to them because there was somebody else sat there.
2: <laughs> Some real world problems, right there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, bloody hell. Yeah, do you know what? That, yeah, I think yeah.
0: there's that. There's that's almost like an analogy, though, of when I think of I can, I'll talk about myself, or e- even my friends who I know have struggled, that that hospitality thing of you always having to put that brave or that happy face on. So many of us do that with our just emotions generally as, again, mm-hmm. can't speak for women because I'm a man. But as a man, you feel like, well, I always have to be okay. I'm fine. There's a smile on my face. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then it was only over time where that mask just slips, where you can only be happy, perfect, smiley all the time. Like there has to be some element of a release of, actually whether it's screaming, whether it's going for a run, whether it's seeing your mates, exercising, whatever that might be, um and where mine and I think Reese's as well, where we didn't have that release, that's when it just went like and life really got on top. So is that kind of where your story went? Was it you were Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I
1: so I I went for probably a few months where every night i'd be driving home at two three four o'clock in the morning after having cashed up after a busy service knowing full well i needed to be back in at eight nine a.m to open open the next day and i i so the restaurant i ran in marlow um was about 15 20 minute drive to where i lived and uh, that drive was mostly single track Um, country lanes um, or, well, not single track but it was pretty narrow Um, and there were often times where there'd be a car sort of coming the other way and I would visualise myself driving into taking my seatbelt off and and driving into the oncoming car Um, and just, I think it was sort of like at the end of seven, eight days in a row, of 14-hour days Mm. um, I just thought what we're doing like, I just don't have a life anymore, it's just, all it is is work. And um, mm-hmm. I just had a moment of I actually did take my seatbelt off and I did start driving towards the car that was coming towards me. And the, the only there were two things that I vividly remember thinking was, Oh my god, Alison, and Oh my god, this person's family that I'm about to drive into. Mm. And and it so it, it wasn't ever kind of, I actually did. Anything, but I was close, mm. really close. Um, and, on, and that's it's sort of where up. I kind of got to. Yeah, it was, um, but it, um, it was also a moment of revelation as well because mm. it did, it did make me act upon uh, upon things. I did go and see, um, a doctor in Chalfont St. Giles surgery where I used to live. Um, I can't remember his name. But lovely guy he was he was as good as the nhs at the time would allow him to be um mm-hmm. i think it's gotten better now even in that you know sort of eight eight years or whatever it is um i think i think mental health services have gotten better um but you know even then it was he you know i went to see him and he prescribed um antidepressants i, I can't remember what mm-hmm. uh, what particular um medicine it was but yeah, I managed to get, get in and see him, got got the um got the medicine. But that was that that really was the kind of turning point in because um, it was only two, two days later I was like, I've got to talk to somebody and you know, all I could think yeah. about at the time was, was was a doctor. That was it. That was the only thing I could think of. I yeah, didn't know I anything that... about Samaritans or anything like that at the time.
0: I think that's the bit that I would really like to touch upon is the process of hitting your lowest, which sounds like taking your seatbelt off and that 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 sounds like the lowest you got to which is terrifying um what was the process after that like did you go home and, and tell your wife did you open up to anyone like what What? how did you get from shit? i re- I don't want to be here anymore to then taking the positive actions like what did what was your thought process how did you
1: No, I, di- I, I didn't i didn't tell elson in fact i i didn't tell her properly for, for quite a long time actually and hmm. by my own fuck up really she found out the sort of I guess some of the grim details that I sort of talked about just now um, hmm. because of an article that was that that I got approached about on um, Wales Online um, for the Newport Marathon a few years ago um, but no I, oh. um, I mean it was so late at night I got home I I actually wasn't due in work the next morning for once. Mm. Um, So I thought I just, that was, I was just scared, I think. I was like, I don't really understand how I managed to get myself to that place. And um, so I just thought, well, I guess I need to talk to the doctor and see what is going on. Like I said, I, I don't remember at the time knowing anything about, anything like samaritans or any of the mental health charities that you know are abundant now everybody knows you know mind and you know all all of these charities there's so many of them now that you can you know quickly jump on the phone to at the time i just don't really recall there being that much obvious kind of information out there so yeah it was a case of um yeah calling the doctors getting in which i got in you know very quickly and and spoke to Spoke to that doctor, and it was um, it was just a case of I don't know what to do. Really, I just didn't know what to do. I think I was kind of searching for answers. Um, you know, uh, you know, here's here's the fix, and I and I think the fix at the time, I think, was you know, you obviously got some you know some depression issues. Here is some medicine. Yeah. And that was it, yeah. That was that was
2: yeah. kind of it. I
0: think, on, um,
3: please. yeah, I think like the I identify obviously quite a lot with your story with being in the hospitality industry the hours, the the pressure, the, the, the stress, and the strain it puts on you being in somewhere for such a long time. Yeah, you, you, you spend most of your life, like weekly life, in for me, the kitchen, obviously, for you, in the front of house it's exhausting but you kind of you get used to it and like for me the way I dealt with it was by drinking I'd finish my shift and just start drinking straight away that was my release I would get one to two hours sleep at night when I go when I'd go out on the drink after because I'd stay out so late get a taxi home one to two hours sleep three or four if I'm lucky and then back in to do it all again and like you say, it's a badge, isn't it? That badge of honor about how many hours? I remember like the long hours that I used to be like, oh wow, I've just done a nineteen hour shift. Wow, I've mm-hmm. just done 20 hours. And like that was that mm-hmm. was the longest I got. it were 20 hours, but 20 hours out of a 24 hour day is just ridiculous. Like when you think about it. And I used to be buzzing at the fact that i just worked a 20 hour day and I'd been paid for seven and a half of them. <laughs> How's that how a mad thing? Is that?
0: How is that actually a thing? You're saying something,
2: Lewis? You said, it, am I delayed I again? Yeah, how did you work 20 hours and only get paid for seven? Yeah, anything? Uh, looks like Reese's
0: head, headset's gone. You right, you might know
3: that, yeah, yeah, so, I've got yours back. Sorry,
0: how is that a thing that you can work 20 hours and only get paid seven? Like, how does that salary
3: exist? You're saying it, you're saying your life away. Oh,
0: salary, you yeah, a job? So, so, do you know when it hits? eight hours because you've done your extra half an hour it's
3: not how it (laughs) works that's that's not the industry that's not the industry there's not a chance you wouldn't you you, then you wouldn't be in the industry you wouldn't get a job you sign a contract to say you're going to work these extra hours and not get paid for it then if you sign there's a
1: um there's a 48 hour yeah. It, yeah, forty-eight hour working oh, yeah. time working rule or whatever it's called and you, so you you opt out of that so that you don't yeah. you you the forty eight hour maximum hours don't apply to you. That's that's how it works. Wow, that's so, that's so it. You, <clears throat> that. yeah. hmm? so you working three hours of your normal
3: day. Yeah. It's like you working three hours of your normal day, Lewis and saying I'm going home just because I've worked my eight hour standard shift means nothing in this in this world and this this no, is but, the case still
0: yeah like I work way more hours than my normal hours I do um but not 20 hour days do you know what I mean like yeah. I might do 10 hour days 11 hour days but not 20 that's yeah. just a joke yeah, <laughs> yeah that's- <laughs> that's my, my, rec- my
1: record was uh my record shift was 37 hours straight that was the I was in Singapore actually Sing- Singapore Grand Prix weekend wow cool. my, yeah imagine we like a zombie oh mate, we no no just straight through kept going um oh, i had i i was looking forward to the end of the day and then i got sprung on me because it was the year that um or one of the years that sebastian vettel won mm. and um and then they decided that um they wanted to come to my club for the after party, so I had to be there because I was the the face of the um, face of the club. So oh, wow. yeah, it was a nightmare. <laughs> a
0: Nightmare. I hope you got tips. <laughs> so in, in, in fact,
1: the Red Bull the Red Bull team <laughs> were a nightmare. They were behind the bar. They were helping themselves to whatever they wanted because they, they had the club to themselves for um, for the night.
3: Wow. Yeah, it was a nightmare. <laughs> I think obviously as well, like, that, that that is exactly what it is. You just ex- it's it's not like you're you helping out by doing these things. It's an expectation. This is part of your life in hospitality. You're you're expected to do these things. You not like it was when I when I was at Sleely Hall, um I'd be on like a, a day shift, which would be starting at ten and finishing at twelve one o'clock. And it was about a fifty minute drive home. I sometimes drive home at 1 o'clock in the morning and I would have to be back in at 4 o'clock. So I'm setting off again at 3 o'clock to get in. And then from starting at 4 in the morning, not finishing till 7, 8 o'clock at night, that was when I decided to leave Sleely Hall because I'd done that three days in a row. And I actually was driving along the A69 and I ended up in the bushes doing 60 miles an hour. And I was asleep. All I heard was beeping. Uh, horns and stuff, I woke up and I, when, with these bushes and I had to pull over and I lay by and go to sleep for three hours and like, I could have quite easily died that day, I was lucky I didn't die that other car smashed in, it was all over and I was like right, okay, I was 19 years old at the time, I thought this is no good, I, I moved moved on, but yeah, this is like this is the life, but obviously on the other points you made as well, like with the the suicide um, she. I can identify with that a lot. And I know you mentioned like sort of the antidepressants and there's a, there's, there's quite a bit of a stigma around that still. I think um, like I take them now um, when I finished, when, when everything had happened, I went to doctors and I'd been struggling before that. And i had been to the doctors a few times and they try to put us on to stuff. Um, and I was always like, I can do it. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll get through it on my own sort of thing. But this time I took the help and you know what it, they they have helped me, but there's not much of a warning out there. For when you do start taking them, that you you, you drop your mood drops even lower for a few weeks, and mm. there were a few ruby weeks. But I feel I like, like I say I feel quite balanced now. Obviously, do they help they do work. So like, if you are struggling, like there's no harm in taking them, sort of thing.
1: No, no, but no, it, not it, at it's,
3: all. It's, um, like, like I said, great for you okay. to, to say that because I I think there is. bit of a stigma surrounding antidepressants and people not wanting to accept them for different reasons, but I can say they've helped me and they are still helping me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've got a or had a very good friend who was a DJ, uh so very used to the hospitality world and um he, he flat out refused to take them, but he wasn't really doing much else to help himself and his poor poor mental health went over the balance into poor into mental illness um i don't think he passed away at 42 i think two years ago um just just let himself go stopped eating there wasn't you know it wasn't a you know an instant thing with him it took him quite a lot of effort to to go and it's uh you're right there is stigma behind it i mean i i, I didn't take them my Sort of, I guess, going back to that moment of revelation, I um, and I don't forget it, I went home after seeing the doctor and I sat at the end of the bed and I, I was quite a heavy smoker at the time as well. Um, you know, 20 40 a day, Marble Reds as well. I'd always smoked Marble Reds for the most part. And um, Oof. and I sat there, and I went, How did I get to this point? How, how have I got to this point? So, I um, that's when that's where the running comes in because it uh, it was kind of that moment i went i don't want i don't want these cigarettes anymore i don't want this um don't want i don't want to take these antidepressants i thought oh, i've got to i've got to look after myself better um and i um and I, I that's when i called my boss up and i said i'm not coming back into work and she said what what do you mean you're coming back into work and i said you can go fuck yourself and i hung up oh and- <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah brilliant stick it to them
0: if, yeah. if I really didn't, yeah. yeah, if I didn't like yeah. my job, I would love to do that once in my life, just once, everyone just wants to hang to do up that. with like a fuck off. But yeah. the thing is, I like yeah. my job. So one day, if I ever don't like my job, I will definitely do that <laughs> for that moment. Well, I really
1: didn't like my job at that time. And yeah. uh, I did go back in. Um, I spoke to, uh, I mean, the DHR director was actually very nice. And um, and the CEO even came to see me and they did try to keep me and it was all you know very amicable leaving in the end except for with my boss because um, I refused her sitting in on my exit interview because yeah. I wanted to tell them about it. Um, interestingly, about three months after I left, she got um, she got caught um, fleecing all of the different restaurants in her area. She got done fleecing the safe in each of the restaurants because what she was doing, and I didn't think about it at the time, but what she was doing, she was photocopying her expenses so like her train ticket for example she would ex- photocopy it and then give all the restaurants a photocopy saying oh i took a photocopy of my train ticket but i actually lost the ticket yeah. and then finance worked out what was going on apparently she was funding a coke habit wow so she <laughs> so obviously had her own uh, shit going on yeah. um, it doesn't sound like an but, easy um, industry
0: for anyone to be fair that's the thing
1: no, it's not. It's actually quite funny. She said you worked at Slaney Hall because one of my best mates, best mates, was um head chef there about fifteen years ago. Long time ago. I'm trying
3: to work out, I w- I was probably there maybe even longer uh, than that. Ele- 11, 12 years ago for me. So I might I have crossed paths.
1: Paul what Kennedy, his name is.
3: No, no, you might have been From here before. Yeah, there was um yeah. a guy that was there. He was really nice, actually, and I really enjoyed working there. If it wasn't so far away, then like it probably would have been somewhere I would have liked to have stayed. But mm-hmm. like I said about some bosses, like there was like one, I'm really good friends with him now. But um, there was one day I was off sick. I'd rang in sick because I I literally felt ill. You know, I got a phone call about twelve o'clock saying, "If you're not in the next hour, you don't have a job there. you don't have a job tomorrow." I was like, I've been being sick all day, though. I feel like ill. I had to go in and I stood at the back of the kitchen and like started like just washing plates, getting stuff for them, and I just had to be there for the rest of the night. But at that point, I was out on the drink all the time, and the thought I was just hungover. But when I got in, I said, "Look, I wasn't out last night." And when I'm always hungover, I'm always in. He was like, "Okay, fair enough." Mm. But I wanted to check to see if my eyes were bloodshot. <laughs> and that's the type of things you have to put up with in like this industry it's it is it's mad but I loved it as well like it's gave me some great great times great memories and Mm. stuff and similar to you as well with like you obviously met your wife working away Charlotte my partner um I met her in Bermuda she was working out there and so was I and she's from North Yorkshire and I'm from Newcastle so not that far away as well um Mm. Yeah, it, it 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 is a mental world, but it's also gives you some great experiences and life experiences yeah. and memories that you you can kind of life forever. experience.
1: That's a that's that's a very good uh, term to use for hospitality. I think it really does give you some life experience. I I agree with that. Um, I
2: worked in mackies for about a year, and it just made me hate people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and that's what I mean by life experience. Because now I yeah. there's some people I'm like. Jesus, you need a wake-up call. This is not yeah. real life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. Um, it, it was kind of around then that I sort of went, well, um, other than finding a new job, which um, which I went then from hospitality into recruitment, which is a hard industry as well, but um, I was working with some really lovely people and you know, I went working nine to five, Monday to Friday. There was, you know, the, the pressure was different um in in recruitment but i had much more of a life and a really good bunch of people i worked with and um that's kind of where the running sort of started a little bit um i had been doing a few bits and bobs over the years but because i was smoking and working so much it was never really anything serious
0: how old have um, you been at this point this was
1: uh nine years eight, eight or nine years ago i can never remember where are we now? 23. Yeah, eight or nine years ago. Cool. um And um, yeah, I just thought, well, I need to get healthy. I need to do something. I can't keep smoking. I can't keep going the way I'm going. So, what do people do when they want to get fit? They run, right? That's what people do, apparently. So, I thought, well, I'm going to go for a run. I literally went there and then I chucked on a pair of trainers. It was um, a pair of green and orange Puma. Um, gazelles or whatever they're called i can't remember the, the exact name for them but um yeah went out on a run for them like a pair of converse type shoes went out right, for a okay. running pair of them managed like two laps around a football pitch near me and was like "Why this is ridiculous these are going to eat my feet apart yeah yeah um i'll go and get some proper running shoes so um of course i went to sports direct right? because that's the best place to run running stuff not um, <laughs> But I didn't know any better at the time and uh, I bought a real cheap pair of like caramel shoes and and then yeah, the sort of the next one went from being two laps around a football pitch to three laps and then I thought, well, I'll try again and again and um, I just started to really get into it. Like I said earlier, I was kind of an all or nothing sort of person and mm. um, and then I, then I found out about something called Parkrun mm-hmm. and um yeah, I went to Black Park Parkrun um, first one I did. I didn't even have a barcode because I didn't know what the hell was going on. People going, you've got your barcode. Like, what do you yeah, barcode that, that was
0: my first experience as well.
2: <laughs>
1: we have about barcodes. I now know, know what, exactly what it's for. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I did like my first one. Yeah, I wasn't even registered on the results because it was I had no barcode and it was like thirty-five minute parkrun um, for my first one. And uh, and then went back a few weeks later, did it in 26 minutes. So wow, that was my first, first registered one. I was like, ooh.
0: that's a big nah job! I did
1: it in 26 minutes today. And yeah, and somebody went, You got a PB, went, what the fuck's a PB? It's <laughs> 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 personal best. I was like, All right, what's that? And they went, Well, you beat your time from last week, so now you've got a new personal best. <laughs> um, oh well, oh, I'll come back next week and see if I can get another personal best. <laughs> and uh, and that's kind of how it, how it just kept going, really. And, yeah, you know, I I started getting more into it. And then I was like, well, um, you know, I'm just going out and running. I wonder if there's like a proper way I should be training. So I started Googling, you know, how mm. to get faster. Um, and, yeah, that's when I started finding books like Matt Fitzgerald's 80-20 Running and uh, the Jack Daniels Formula, not, Jack Daniels and Coke, but Jack Daniels the uh, the, the, the uh, less fun challenge. version of it. Yeah. Um and various other books and um and yeah, I just kept trying to get faster and learn more about it and then I started creeping my way towards um twenty minutes and and then I wanted to get under twenty minutes and I did that and um and that's um that's kinda that was kind of the start of it really.
0: Yeah. That sounds very much like what my start was in the fact that I was never a runner, now started running. But there's someone, so our producer has actually just commented here. So this is Christian saying he's terrified at running because of his size and how unfit he is and what others will think watching him run. He does run. Mm. He has weird technique running, to be fair. Um, What does Nick think is the best advice for for trying to run more and any tips for bigger guys? Slow down is the first Mm. one. Yeah. um
1: 99.9 percent of people i come across reese are doing their slow runs <laughs> reese too hard Reece. <laughs> yeah Do, you, you you should be going out there uh now no not couch the 5k and i'll tell you not why couch the, the 5k I, okay. I hate couch the 5k and I'll, I'll tell you why in a second um no, most, most people, um, because of the fitness industry with this whole go hard or go home mentality, people think that that's how they should be running as well, and i say 99% of people I come across are running too hard too often, um, and one of the best ways to get fitter is to slow down. I mean, I could go into talking about mitochondrial biogenesis and all, all kinds of stuff but we we have these Sounds little impressive. energy factories we, we have these little energy factories in our in our cells they're called mitochondria they do lots of different functions around general cardio uh, cardiological health but um one of the things that they do with running is that they help burn fat and oxygen as a fuel source rather than carbohydrate because carbohydrate burns very very quickly and The only way to develop more mitochondria, the more mitochondria you have, the more oxygen we can use as a a fuel source. The only way to develop mitochondria is by exercising. And the most efficient way to develop more mitochondria is by doing very uh, easy running. So by that, I mean, when you go out, you should be able to chat. If you were with somebody, you should be able to chat, no problem at all. Don't need heart rate monitors. They can be useful, but you don't need any of that. All you need is to sing a song to yourself or chat to the person next to you. And if you can do that, you're in the right place. And forget about your pace. Forget about what, what pace pops up on Strava. No one cares about your pace, apart from yourself. No one. I have a hashtag on Instagram. No one gives a fuck about your pace on Strava. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't. So Nobody does. Yeah. They don't. You know, for, for somebody who can now run a 5K in 17 minutes, which is... Mm. Five thirty pace, <coughs> five miles.
0: Pace. Five miles pace. Yeah. What is that in case? Yeah, yeah, so you know, in uh, three Three thirty-ish. Three hmm. three
1: twenty-five-ish. Um.
3: <laughs> Lewis can only dream um, of that.
0: I can only dream of that.
1: But like I do my easy run, so my easy run today was five.
0: Oh, have we have we lost Nick? Is it just me or has sure. everyone lost Nick? I'm um, yeah, I'm right? um, yeah, I've lost okay. them, yeah. So sure. it sounds like Nick may have gone off for a quick run to the audience. <laughs> Sorry, Nick, oh. I think we've Ooh. lost you a bit there. I lost you. you may all be there. coming back. Yeah, we lost you too. <laughs> You've come back. Oh, okay. We've just told the guests that you just quickly ran a five k and came back to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying, you were you, uh, your slow runs is what like five thirty? Like
1: five, five yeah today was five fifty kilometer pace so okay. that that just goes to show that you know that the difference between um running hard and running easy um Elliot Kuchoge is very well known for yeah you know he might be the fastest marathoner or he's not now but one of the fastest marathoners in life his easy runs are slower than mine and that that's the easiest way to build endurance fitness is mm-hmm. by running easy so um, no matter what size you are, that is one of the best things to do. Like, Don't try and run too hard because you, you burn out, you get injured, you get ill, all that sort of stuff. So slow it down. That, that's my biggest advice. And then on the couch to 5K thing, the reason I don't like five, couch to 5K, and the, I, again, another thing I see a lot of people fail on is, is couch to 5K because run, walk isn't descriptive enough. If it was run nice and easy and then walk, run nice and easy, and then walk, it'd be a lot better. But because of that go hard, go home mentality, that run segment that people do, you know, 30 seconds run, one minute walk, that 30 second run, most people will run it as hard as they possibly can because that's what they think they should do.
2: The yeah.
1: Couch to 5K was created, I and mean, fair play, it has helped a lot of people, but um, when I get people that come to me that, um, I've tried coach to 5k and it hasn't worked for them. Is I just get them to go out first run 10 15 minutes, nice and easy, and the, the progression people make is is much more sustainable. That's mm. why I don't like coach to 5k. You no,
0: know, I think that's a really good answer of why. Um, what you just said there, though. You've literally described me again. I, I feel like we've done an interview before and you just described me in this podcast. It's really awkward. Um, <laughs> my So I certainly cannot run as fast as you on race. Like I can't in a, in a sprint. I think I could be there or thereabouts like a hundred meter sprint. But if you said go and run a 1k, I, I can't get near you guys um, or 5k, whatever um, my, my thing is right. I now find 530 pace comfortable. Like I've, it's it i'm not way stretched i can run 10k at that pace really comfortably and i finish it and i'm not out of breath but as soon as i go to 4 30 pace my body it feels like i'm on fire like i can i can withstand it for a few minutes um so so then the mentality thing is running at like 6 6 30 is so boring if I run with someone else, it's fine because you're just talking, as you say, you're having a conversation. It's great, but you know when you're running by yourself and you're running that slow, you're just like, "Ah, but I can run so much faster." And it's like, how do you get out of that mentality? Like, what, what is there anything I can do to to stop being an idiot? <laughs> Basically, mm-hmm. there's
1: a couple of things you can do. If you can listen to a good podcast and concentrate yeah. on something else. Um, yeah. But the thing I like to do with my the people I coach is. Particularly in the beginning, when I'm trying to get somebody to slow right down, like I've had a couple of people join me recently, and you know they've gone out, done a couple of those first easy runs, and I, I always kind of see if they actually follow the advice, and I look back on, um, their half marathon PB. So somebody recently, their half marathon PB, they've gone out, done an easy run, and the pace is exactly the same. Mm. There's, no, there's no difference at all. Um, so I've got to slow down. I just come back and gone. Oh, that was like that was a bit hard work, and I just felt a bit ploddy, and you know it was a bit mm. boring and, and stuff. Yeah. So what I do with the people um, and I do it myself is that is a perfect opportunity to practice the skill of running. Okay. So what I mean by that is practicing good form, because you know when you slow down, one of the things people tend to do is they start like plodding along. Like, well, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and and actually. Um, that the reason I think that's a great opportunity to work on your form because that's when you need to work on your form the most. When you're running fast, when you're running hard, the body automatically goes into um, finding the most efficient way to to perform. So that that's when your form is at its best because your body's automatically trying to find a way to do it. So when you're on your easy runs, think right. How how am I running? You know, imagine there's a balloon pulling your head towards towards the sky keep yourself up nice and tall you know keep checking in with your arms and your cadence and stuff like that just use that as an opportunity to work on the skill of running and it's yeah. um it's quite amazing how how your running will improve by a running more efficiently and b working on your mitochondrial biogenesis biogenesis
0: my new favorite growing phrase.
1: more mitochondria
0: <laughs> yeah that's it that's my favorite phrase now Sounds like something out the. How how often
2: do you do you recommend then going for like a personal best or or a really quick Mm -hmm. run, like getting yourself knackered by the end of it? Do you tend to do that like say like once a week, and the the rest of the week you just like pace and you're getting ready for that?
1: Yeah, most people um, could benefit from one a week, some two. I do two hard sessions a week. Um. But then again, I am training six days a week, sometimes twice a day. Um, if somebody's running three or four times a week and kind of that's their week, then I would say once is enough because mm. most people are also, you know, one of those three or four runs is going to be a long run as well, which uh, is demanding in itself. So um, most of your running, eighty around 70 to 90% of your running should be easy. And that sounds like a lot but it is you know we we need a we need a lot of easy running to 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 build that aerobic foundation we don't actually need that much hard stuff to it's I, i call it a little bit like the salt and pepper you know you only need a little bit of salt and pepper to completely change the taste of your of your food right and that that's that's how you should treat speed work and that speed work should also then be specific for what it is you're training for
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll hit my routine at the minute then. I'm training five days a week and I think two of them are easy sessions. Um so as it I think um I'm doing tomorrow, got a 45 minute just easy run. And then three days of harder stuff. So progression run, fifteen minutes built up. Um, for four of them. Friday is the five by one K again, and Thursday, I think. I think that's uh, um, in the last speedier session, but not full out. Not full out.
1: Uh, what what are like... you training
3: for at the moment? Sorry?
1: And what is it you're training for at the moment?
3: Um, I've got Edinburgh Marathon. I've got the wall. And then I'm doing Rat Races tr- Trilogy. Ben Nevis, Scarfield Pike and Snowden within six weeks of each other. <clears throat> All 33 miles. Okay. So I've got them at the back well, end of the air.
1: Okay, so what what is the I guess so what is the purpose of your current training block? What are you What are you trying to achieve?
3: I've lost sound again. Sorry.
0: Yeah, because while Reese's sound comes back here, I think the challenge is it doesn't seem to add up. Like doing five uh, one time one km sprint type work doesn't seem to align to thirty three mile races. Is that the point? Sorry, I did to lose you? you. I lost. I lost
3: you. Like for sound.
0: I think the I think right. the point is because it doesn't really make sense to me actually why you're doing five times one km speed work if the, you're then going to do thirty three miles should you not be trying to get like a mid pace longer versus a short pace faster?
1: Yeah. When is the no, guess...
0: when, when next race?
3: So I've got um, well I've got a half marathon in two weeks. I've got Edinburgh um, back end of May three weeks after as the wall. Okay. In so the half marathon
1: racing. In two weeks, how much half marathon pace training have you done? One a week. Okay. A long What's week? your half
3: marathon pace? It, um. Well, actually, that's it's slower than my half marathon pace. Um. So I've been doing that at about eight minutes, um, if not a little bit quicker. And I'm hoping to do about seven minutes, maybe a bit quicker for my half marathon. Okay
1: you Need a
3: coach, Rhys. <laughs> Keep <laughs> losing
2: sound. I don't know what's going on. Oh, he lost his sound.
0: Oh, again. convenient time.
2: Yeah. Convenient time. <laughs> tell him tell him what to do and he can't hear it. Yeah. what was that? He said you need I said a coach. said you coat. need a coach. <laughs> yeah. I think um
3: I quite, to be honest, I like my speed sessions and it's also I am trying to I've got like um cross-country and i'm doing me five k's and stuff for was and i did like a release yesterday which was th- only 3k i did the 3k um in 953 so what? like my yeah so my, that's great my, my my like i am also focusing on the shorter stuff as well like when we mean you done on your podcast i said yeah i could not break that sub 20 and I was getting about 20, 30, and that was that was it. I could not break it. And then um, just off doing like this running stuff, I, um, probably a few weeks of it and stopping the tabs as well, that helped quite a lot. Um, I then ran a... I was doing a 10K, actually, and the first, I started, sort of set off, and I was right at the front, so I kind of felt like I had to go a bit quicker. And then I knew I was on for a sub-25K. I thought, I'm just going to stick with it, and I did a 1940 and then I hung on for a 41, 49. Um, and then two days later, there was, I was doing a 5K. So I just went for it and I'd done a 19, 26. Um, me next one, I'm looking to do sub 19, if not quicker. Um, so I, I'm trying, I like I like my shorter distances as well. And I've got like 5Ks and 10Ks coming up. So I'm trying to get at a decent level for... That while also training for the longer stuff. So yesterday I did after I'd done that three k relay race, I did a um just nine and a bit mile running at eight mile pace, and I felt comfortable the whole way through that. Um, I guess I, I, looking, I I've got a few to... few goals for the wall. Um, yeah, which I've told totally these about. Lewis said I've got no chance of um doing it, but um <laughs> my main well not my main one, my ultimate goal is to win it. And the time was nine fifty four this year, Um, the winning time, and I want to beat that.
0: Yeah, I suppose my question, I've Nick, lost is: sound again? What is it? Is it, pos- is it possible to train for both? Is it possible to for train for the distance and the short? I was just going to say, but he's lost his—he's uh, lost his sound um, again. Yeah, but was, I've got
1: yours. I was—I was, I was going to say, you've just got to be. So, I, I, in fact, I had a conversation with uh, one of my runners about this the other day that be quite specific about what your goal is. It's okay to have some sub goals, but you can't have. I mean, do you You can do whatever you want. But if you've got, you know, I want to get super fast at 5K and I want to win, you know, a 33 mile ultramarathon and I want to do a half marathon and I want to do a marathon, and I, you know, I've got six races win. Yeah, and you're doing three speed sessions a week. Like you're in the realms of, you're going to get injured. Yeah, you are going to get injured. You've got to focus on, um, on on something. Yeah, I know. I know you, now, and I know you want to perform. So, um, getting quite specific about what training you're doing is going to be more important. The more you, the more you progress through your running. At the moment, you're seeing lots of progression, but you are quite a new runner. Um, you're a talented runner and that talents coming out pretty quickly um, but it needs to be honed in in the right way because um yeah i worry i worry with all that level of intensity and volume on top of each other because that's the thing with my coaching it's kind of right volume goes up intensity comes with it comes down and then the closer you get towards your your main race the more specific you get with your training um to answer your question about is it possible to do both? Look, I did my half marathon PB whilst training for a 50 mile ultra marathon in the mountains. So yes. And actually my sort of little tagline for my, my coaching business is get fast, get strong, run run long. Mm. Um, so yes, it is possible, but with the with with the right level of balance.
0: So because I suppose my question for you, Reese, then would be, because Again, I've been doing a bit of strength and conditioning work. So previously I played sport at a, a decent level uh, like football that is and did lots of strength and conditioning as a Good young fall, Lewis. So then at 30, I'm going to ignore that, then at 30 I'm now getting back into that like routine of trying to get athletic and powerful again. Reese, do you do much strength and conditioning work? Because I think that's where your big injury prevention yeah. comes in, like your, your deadlifts, your squats, whatever, to, to make sure that you're getting the recovery too what does that yeah, look like for two, you? Day,
3: two days a week i'm in the gym as well so normally two days a week three days a week i'll be doing some of sessions on a treadmill um yeah. and then when i'm in the treadmill i'll go and like do some weights as well and after the weights i'll go and do some swimming finished off with a little sauna and a jacuzzi but the swimming i'm finding the swimming's really good it's mm. it's, it's, it's mm. hard swimming's hard work and it's like yeah. God, full of, your full body, really.
1: But you're rubbish um, at
0: swimming in the sea, aren't you? Because you're scared to get in.
1: And me, I hate it. That's my only Honestly. phobia. Open uh, water. He's, he's, got, isn't
0: phobia. I've got an advanced. I've got an advanced
1: paddy. Get me under the water, no problem. Yeah. On the surface, though, I'm shit scared. Yeah.
0: He's, he just does. He's just scared of the cold. That's it. Yeah. I'm he ter- he, want, he wants. A, he wants. Asked a couple of us to go in. It was like seven o'clock in September, North Sea. So we get in first and he's there stood on the edge. Oh, it's too cold. It's too cold. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's it. I think, uh, yeah, it's it.
0: But that cold water,
3: so that's great for recovery as well. Yeah. Um, And that's why like it's now far too cold. I'm cold before I've even got to the beach, never mind. Trying to take mm-hmm. me get off and walk into the sea. So I've sucked that off completely now. It's just past that time for me. I wait until yeah. it starts getting warmer. but. That is really beneficial as well Help help with recovery. I've got a nice bath in my garden. That was in my garden and now it's back in the box. But I do plan on getting that back out. Um, I like... I, I guess... I, get, I, like, I know the speed sessions and stuff, but like, for me as well, like I normally get quite lazy in the winter because I don't like the cold. I normally go into a bit of hibernation, don't really do much. Um, I guess... I lose motivation quite quickly. I always have. Um, and I think having those speed sessions in, are the, they're the ones that sort of keep me motivated to keep going. And then the longer runs, I sort of, I'm like, uh, but I do them because I know they're beneficial. Mm. And like you said as well, like when you are training for your longer stuff, your other times came down. That happened when I was training for the wall last year. And that was when I was in full alcoholic mode. And, um, I even drank six pints a night before I had done the wall, which was only what about six hours before. Um, so I've got, and then, yeah, uh, the goal setting thing, like you said, there's the my main goal for this year is the wall. That's 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 what I want to do best in, and I am going. Like I say, I have got the three goals. One was my aim for last year, which was to finish before it was dark, so about fourteen hours. Next one sub twelve hours. And then the next one sub ten hours. If sub ten hours gets us the win from this year, but whether it does it next year or not would it's a different question. But sub ten, sub twelve, sub fourteen.
0: No, nice. I can't even comprehend running that far. I'm not gonna be I'm gonna be honest. Like I ran two and a half hours, fail in a marathon, and that was it. Oh, like, tell, body... tell
3: tell Nick about um <laughs>
0: tell nick about what, what this. One. Oh god. So like I've my mileage isn't creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. And I was running sort of every, every pretty much every day, I would say, every other day. Um, like I say, I was probably running too quick, though, being honest. Well, I definitely ran the half marathon too quick. I was running at like 530, 540 pace for, till about 17K. And that's like, if you know that 430 is near my limit, or probably is my limit for a I'm running far too quick. So I was on for a sub. I was definitely on for a sub four-hour marathon which the first time you run a marathon anywhere near that distance is far too quick so i got to 18k or 17.5 body's absolutely fine i'm flying i feel like i'm running slow got a three-hour podcast on i'm more worried about the podcast going to end what am i going to listen to than my body breaking down my left calf went I was messaging Reese on the morning, like, I'm just gonna get up and run a marathon today because football got cancelled. He was like, What? I had no gels, no water, nothing. Just
1: I was just gonna ask, did you feel with anything?
0: Nah, did I didn't have to no. fuck? But I've I've learned it's a it's a massive no, learning. No, curve. Uh,
3: anything. No, uh, it's a massive Never learning. Not a
0: single thing. but look, you don't know what you don't know until you try. And I've tried it and I True. couldn't do it. I got to I got to 27k. So I ran another eight, nine K with my, my calf every step was just burning and burning and burning more. And to be fair, I'm quite lucky. Yeah. It only hurt for like three days and then it was all right. Um, so I'm, I'm quite pleased it wasn't actually that bad. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think let, let's put the conversation back to Nick because whilst it's great talking about our running, we can talk about this at any time. Um, mm-hmm. Nick, what does your recovery look like? What do your goals look like now with running? What are your what are you looking to achieve?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, after I sort of got good at... Um good at as I started to get better at um, Parkland yeah. and I, it was literally the day I went under 20 minutes I went well it's time for a marathon now surely <laughs> <laughs> I signed up to Brighton and had a total nightmare I uh yeah. I finished it but yeah it was nowhere near what really I could and should have done but like you say you know you don't know what you don't know and I didn't know fuck all at the time yeah. so yeah. but that was it was it was after that then that I really got um, got into running and, um, and and nerding out on it. I got really geeky, and mm. that's kind of where. In, so in my in my day job, I'm in charge of learning and development now. So I'm kind of always around helping people develop themselves. Mm. Um, and as I started to learn more about running, and um, I got myself a coach, um, sort of quite soon after my Brighton disaster, and um, learned quite a bit. From them, and um, and 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 then I entered my first ultramarathon. Was it in twenty twenty? It was uh, the day of Storm Kiara. Was my first one, um, February. I want to say the eighteenth of twenty twenty, back to Cardiff and um, came ninth. Wow! Well Out of five hundred and twenty seven, I think, or so, five hundred twenty nine starters. Wow. Um, yeah, in biblical rain and kind of that was that was kind of the start of it for me then was like right like I probably love this running stuff um, you know I want to win ultramarathons now and I've won a couple since um, and um, and yeah that was kind of where the coaching came in but going to your question about recovery then this is kind of how I think of training now because we can always think about you know running as in how many miles are we doing? How fast are we running? But actually, there's so much more to being a good runner than than just mm. running. And recovery for me is eating well, hydrating well, and sleeping well. Um, because those, those are the absolute basics of of recovery. Mm. You know, I did a podcast on this um, with a, a physio friend of mine. And um, we, you know, there's all these things out there, ice baths, um, massage guns. Norma Tech, you know, the moon boots that squeeze your legs, and there's, there's all of these things out there, and they're all very useful, but only if you are world class at the basics. Instead of trying to be basic at the world class, be world class at the basics. Mm. And those basics are getting a good night's sleep, eating well, and hydrating well. And I say to the people I coach all the time, because they go, Oh, Nick, I think I might start doing ice baths. I'm like, Okay, cool. How did you sleep last night? Oh shit, I only had three hours of sleep. Right. Fuck the ice bath. They want you to focus on getting a good night's sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, what, what did you eat after what, what did you eat after that long run? Um oh nothing. I just went straight to doing something. I didn't bother eating anything. Right, you know, bollocks the ice bath. I wanted to concentrate on eating properly. And so that's what recovery looks like to me is um eating well hydrating well and that just means that you having 2 3 liters of water a day um sleeping well and and then management of training load as well and that's where i come onto things like you know how much hard uh, how much hard running should we do um and actually how much running can we do within the time that we've got um because you know you see these plans on the internet that are, you know let's say the the rat- the the rat race, um, the wall, there'll be training plans out there on the internet for it. And we could go and pull one of those off and it could say, you need to do 80 miles a week or your peak week being a hundred mile week. And I see people all the time trying to go out and do that kind of mileage because that's what it says on the plan. But that doesn't fit with that person's life. Hmm. And, and, and it's, it's management of that training load that's, um, is, is one of the big things as well. So, yeah, no fancy answer really. I just try and sleep seven, eight hours a night. Yeah, um, I try and eat well. And I try and make sure I drink plenty, and that's that's about as sexy as it needs to get. But I like I simple then. Yeah, but uh, yeah, once once I nailed all that, it was then right. Okay, now what can I do? So the next best thing is getting a massage once a month for the sports therapist. Mm. Um. I did have an ice bath, not for recovery, though. Actually, sorry, Reese, they're not that good for recovery because it depends on when you use them. So, like, if you use it first thing in the morning, um, uh, before you've done anything, it's actually a really good way to, in fact, there's some science around um, immersing yourself in cold water raises your body temperature quite quickly, which is what we need to do first thing in the morning is get our body temperature up. And it then translates into having a better night's sleep. Um, Mm. um, Hot baths, those are good. Um, Actually, blood circulation. The thing with ice baths is that they reduce inflammation. Mm -hmm. Chronic inflammation is not good for us. But inflammation after exercise is actually, that's the body's process of of then adapting to the training that we've done. Mm -hmm. So I actually, one of the things I took to the tip yesterday was my ice bath. Wow. Because it had a hole in it, mostly. Yeah. It had a very slow hole in it. But I was like, Do you know what? I'm not really using it. Um, I just need to get back on concentrating on uh, on sleeping. And then, then you can add in things like yoga and mobility and that sort of yeah. stuff as well. But yeah, get, get world class at the basics.
0: Yeah, I'm about as flexible as a plank of wood. So that makes sense. Why? <laughs> That's why I'm not doing a sub 20. That's the only reason, isn't it? Because I don't. Well, because yeah, I, I'd I love to say it is,
1: but honestly, it's definitely I hardly do any well.
0: stretching at all. Yeah, yeah.
1: Sleep is sleep is is massive. That's I massive. remember.
0: Um, I can't remember his name. Who's the guy who won all of the CrossFit stuff? But he retired. Matt Fraser, Matt Fraser. Yeah, he he did. I seen a video of him yesterday or the day before saying, "If sleep was a drug, it would be banned for how good it is for us." Yeah, it's the one thing. It's like a cheat code to life. Like. It helps you recover after training. If you're feeling unwell, your body recovers better in sleep than any other time. Um, but so many of us take that for granted. We'll stay up too late. We'll, especially lots of my mates, they'll set up gaming because they're 12, but they're not mm-hmm. the 30. And they'll set up gaming till <laughs> like two mates, morning. Mate, though. I don't. You're the closest friend I have to being 12 and you're what, 24?
2: I am. Yeah, so I'm there we go. A... That's double the age your most of most
3: mates. Yeah, true. That's sleep. Like when when I when I was drinking, I was averaging about three, three, four hours sleep a night. And then since stopping, like I now can't function if I don't get like seven and a half, eight hours sleep. And everything works better and that's why I think like this last week or so I've struggled so much because my sleeping has been so bad I'm waking up three four times a night or I'm not 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 able to actually get to sleep at night and then still waking up and yeah I I can definitely feel the effects of even like my body how tired is yesterday I've done nine miles and I do feel I felt really aching today but I think it's because I've had like four hours sleep the last two nights and Mm. it's, it's just yeah, it's 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 so important and the water as well like you say i i drink bucket loads of it now it's great
1: yeah i do i, I add into my um, water and taken actually i drink one of these every night a sleepy tea uh what's this particular it? one is this is a witard one this particular one but um i think the active ingredients are, i think like chamomile Valerian root, I think, is one of the active mm. ingredients, and you can get various different um, variations of them, lavender and things like that. But yeah, um, yeah. that's a Witard's one. The MS Dreamy one is quite nice. <laughs>
0: yeah, everyone knows hey, is you that, that, that yeah. Rampay Day, that one. <laughs> mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's on special occasions, that, <laughs> that one. Special occasions, yeah. 100%. Alison, then, I'm getting yeah, the specialty That's it, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, my my sleep's definitely my my problem at the minute, especially with my shoulder. I'm, like I say, I'm getting like three, four hours. But I, I'm really bad. Like I have good habits for a while and then I just go off the wagon and then I self-sabotage. I'll just, well, I've eaten bad today, so I might as well eat bad tomorrow. I haven't ran today, so I might as well not run tomorrow. Like I need to get better mentally at having, because when I have structure in my life, I feel like I'm absolutely in control of my shit. But as soon as I'm not, I'm like, I can so easily just throw it all out the window and, uh, and then I've got to work hard for three weeks to get back to that one week that I mm. tossed it off. It's easy to do. Yeah, 100%. I'm conscious of time because you said nine o'clock-ish. Are you, are you needing to drop? If, if you are, no, I'm good. If I'm, I'm cool. I'm, that's cool. Yeah, cool um, so you did touch upon at the start as well around like life's maybe not where it is. Everything's not maybe perfect, and you didn't want to go mm-hmm. into it too much. I don't know what this is, so mm-hmm. where what is life for, for you yeah, to... so
1: yeah, so um my wife's health isn't quite where we would like it to be um, oh, last uh March last year, she was diagnosed with breast cancer um' know. She had a six uh, six point two centimeter, so sixty two millimeter tumor in her right breast, and um, and then they thought it was in her lymph nodes in her neck, and um, uh, they were worried about her liver and her pelvic bone as well. Excuse me, um, her pelvic bone as well. Um, all of that got um, got cleared up um, in terms of you know the neck and the liver and the pelvic bone and stuff. Um, she went through um, chemotherapy first. Uh, then she had a right breast mastectomy. Um, then she went through radiotherapy. And uh, I mean, by the time she got to, she had such a good response to chemo um, that the tumor had gone from you know six six point two centimeters to just four millimeters. Um, the, the surgeon said at the time, so that's one of the best responses I've ever yeah. I've ever seen to um, the surgery and there was nothing in her lymph nodes, no evidence of disease at all. So um, so yeah she went through radiotherapy and um, and we sort of other than her going through um, three weekly uh, injections of this drug for the specific type of cancer that she she had, um, we were kind of thinking we were pretty much on the home straight. Um, she even got to ring the bell, you know, when they signify the end of cancer treatment. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, um, yeah, and then this year, she um, there was sort of a couple of days where she got a few headaches that were just a bit uncharacteristic for her. Um, and then there was one night we were sort of sat down, and she got up and she went all like dizzy and couldn't see anything. And uh, yeah, we, we thought oh you stood up too quickly she went
2: Mm.
1: it doesn't feel like like one of those lightheaded moments it's literally i just can't see um that only lasted for um for a couple of minutes but um so then when we were visiting the uh the oncologist um she just mentioned it to the oncologist in in passing and the oncologist sort of went well let's just get some tests done so she got an mri done um and then, yeah, the next day I was actually over in Wales running with a friend and um, I was on top of uh, one of the mountains in in, in around Abergavelry called the Sugarloaf. And um, I took my phone out to take a picture and I could see five missed calls from her uh, only within the last um, couple of minutes. Mm. Um, and I called her straight back and um, she said, Nick, it's it's in my brain. Um, So it's stage four um, brain metastases now. So, um, and the type of cancer she has is is called um, HER2, which which is pretty aggressive. So not, yeah, not the best situation to be in. But uh, at the moment, she's responding really well to treatment. Um, We don't know. We've never really asked. Like how many tumours she has? All we know is that there are multiple, and they're on both sides of her brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you you can't be cured from stage four cancer. They just they don't ever say you're you're cured from it. There is a possibility that she could get to med, which is no evidence of disease. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a fight that's going to be on now she's in chemotherapy as far as we know for the rest of her life now um which yeah with a six-year-old and a three-year-old is pretty shit and actually that's why i was saying earlier that um i'm not really kind of celebrating that the missus is away because actually no of course not yes yesterday was a little bit of a it was like fuck is this what it's going to be like when she's not here
0: so,
2: yeah i am sorry to hear that man
0: yeah like i'm trying to hold tears in here i am being honest i am fucking so sorry like so yeah sorry. Actually... yeah
1: the good news is is that she she is responding really really well she's had um uh she's had 11 12 rounds so far of this um uh drug that she's on now which is called nhertu which is being held as a bit of a bit of a wonder drug for cancer, for, for her particular type of cancer. Um she is responding really well. She's had three lots of um scans done now to see how she's getting on and every single one of them has shown that the, the cancer is shrinking and actually some yes. of the tumours that that were there are not there now. But we do still have these stark reminders of, of, of the reality but um because i mean she's in japan at the moment and she's just found out today um she went on a retreat with a um a cancer charity called shine that support um sort of people in their 20s 30s and 40s that are diagnosed with um with life-limiting cancer mm-hmm. and she i think there's like six or seven of them uh women um all in exactly the same situation, all with secondary breast cancer, all on the same um same drug. And um, that was only three months ago and and uh, two of the women that she met now have both passed away. So pretty yeah, it's pretty brutal reminders sometimes. Yeah. So exactly where, 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 where we're at.
0: How are you? Like how are you coping? like on a, yeah, a human it's, level um, like it's, it's it sounds fucking horrible like scary and I, I get all of that but like are you getting any support the do, do charities offer you any help to what i work like uh, like um do yeah, i mean how you, you you do it all being a dad and that as well it's yeah yeah i
1: mean it's i mean my non-running life i still work uh um i still work four days a week in a Really yeah. senior role in a in a company that have been amazing, like mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. Um, I'm very lucky that I've got private healthcare, so any access to any services I need, I have had. I have done some um, mm-hmm. counselling sessions. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the, the counsellor did say, I kind of don't know what to do with you because you know you've got your running, it really grounds you, and this is kind of where I come back to all the time with my running. Is that yes, I'm I'm running 17 minute five ks and Mm. You know, sub four hour 50 Ks and you know, running off in the mountains and doing all this stuff, but ultimately, I still run for my mind. Mm. My my, my arse just follows, and you know, that's how I that's how I cope. That's how I cope. It's it's with my running and just focusing on my boys, and just I've just got to get on with it. Um, you know, there's times where Ali doesn't you know, isn't feeling great. Um, yeah, and I just I've just got to get on with it. I can't. And I actually, can't I, I. Yeah, I can't not get on with it, but also, what good does moping around all the time, particularly when, you know, it is life limiting? You know, I don't know if in a month we go for, a, you know, our next scan and the cancer's going the wrong way. Mm. Um, it might not be for 20 years. I keep joking that we're going to be sat there on our 65th birthday going, Still fucking here. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, with, with a glass of bubbly in our hands, I still I keep I keep joking. Um yeah, yeah and that's that's sort of 18, 19 years away. Um but that's why I keep saying, you know, let's just keep living our lives the best we can and appreciate the moments we've got. Like she was really nervous about going to Japan because of what mm-hmm. she's got going on. Um mm-hmm. but she's gone with she's a director at the company she works at. So um, and they've just been bought out by a Japanese company. Hence, she's over there. I'm like, you're only going over there for two days of work. You're there for a week. Go and enjoy it. I mean, you've yeah, go to and live
0: Japan. your life.
1: Yeah, I absolutely. Like,
0: lap it up. Don't
1: worry about me. I'll be fine with the boys. And actually, the house is the tidiest it's been in three years.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'm loving it. I'm, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy that for a week because you'll come back and a, a suitcase will be strewn everywhere. And yeah, um, but. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's you yeah, know it's shit sometimes, really shit. Yeah. But, um, we got uh, we went on holiday a couple of weeks ago to Corfu and we renewed our vows. We basically got married again. That was um, oh amazing. Oh, that's cool. that, was, that was really nice. And um, yeah, just keep appreciating everything we've got. And we uh, we just bought a Mercedes Sprinter. We're getting it converted into a proper good camper van because we had a van but yeah Yeah. we we enjoy our little adventures and when we get that it'll be every weekend like i I said yeah because we're we're never going to be here yeah yeah Uh, that's how that's how we go but yeah it doesn't doesn't make it easy
0: yeah do you know what? and not because um not because of what you've said but I don't really know where to take this has been really honest like from a human level like I kind of want to stop the podcast I'm we're not going to because I feel it's not the nicest way to end the podcast on that but from a human level I just want to give you a hug like and just be like mate it's all right do you know what I mean like you sound genuinely we've only met tonight but just such an incredible bloke and yeah honestly you just to show how strong you've been one sharing that story but equally your story as well from where you were to where you are and how you've you've turned and and I know you may feel like we all do that you haven't maybe turned your life around fully because we all have our flaws and we almost we're always battling them because that's what mental health and health really is but like I, I've listened to you tonight and you're nothing short of a huge inspiration and yeah that. I'm, I'm listening going me
1: trying to get through each day honestly
0: yeah. i get it but so some like me as a bloke who is probably a few years behind your recovery a year ago i didn't want to be here and i didn't quite i didn't quite drive my car at another car but i was stood at a train track and a train was coming and there was a pounding thought in my brain to step in front of it and um, hearing how you did it through exercise and stuff and that's the own. like i hate running you 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 and reese tell me that you love running i hate it but i love what it makes me feel and it makes me feel that no matter what's going on in my life nothing's harder than that 10k or nothing's harder than that 20k it's just not like not physically it might be mentally but mentally if you're running long enough it's pretty hard And if I have a bad day at work or I don't see my son for a couple of days or my ex is we're having discussions about certain things or whatever, like it it does seem to get a little bit easier. So hearing that that's helped you and is still helping you through some of your stuff um, and Reese through his stuff as well, like it makes me think that I'm doing some of the right things and yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to know where where to go from it because, as I say, I don't feel I don't feel I, I, I want to say everything I want to say on a podcast because it, it's not about that. It's about saying, as a bloke, you're just just sound incredible, and I'm really sorry to hear what you're going through, and and your wife and your your family, genuinely. No, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I say it's it's tough, but um, yeah, we you know we we have a lot of really good times. I mean, yeah, yeah. It helps. It helps that uh, my wife is it yeah, does very well with her job and mine isn't mm. too bad and mm. yeah, we we can we can afford to you know do some nice things and um mm-hmm. you yeah, know pretty much every weekend i mean it, it it's it's a good job we have that um yeah you know because we couldn't sit around the house like we used to you yeah know, two, two years ago it was like oh we'll just chill out today like we can't things just we start to stir and talk about stuff yeah. we don't want so we we are a pretty busy family sometimes too busy yeah yeah i think there was about there was about 10 weeks in a row where we were like in dorset every weekend or devon yeah. or uh, um, on holiday summer or something. i'm like oh can we just like spend the day at? That? Where, <laughs> you
0: know? where are you actually from your accent sounds like southwesty ish yeah so I
1: live, I, I live in um just outside of bath
0: yeah somerset um
1: yeah, but I, I'm from Abergavenny in South Wales, originally.
0: Yeah, I thought I could I Welsh, moved away
1: a long time ago. long time hmm. ago, so, yeah.
2: I, I was yeah. born in Brecon. Where did you say your missus was from? Ah. Say she's from Hartlepool.
1: She's from Hartlepool. You were born in Brecon? Well, that's down the road. So I was born, born in
2: Brecon. I lived most of my life in Hartlepool. <laughs> ah,
1: there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. from, um oh, God, what's the name of the road? She always talks about it, and I can't remember it now. But yeah, down, down on the seafront, uh, sort of towards the South Shields. No, not South Shields. What's, that
2: called? That,
0: what's the, it
2: called? That's it. Seaton. That's it.
0: Thank you. That's where my brother lives. My brother lives there. So, ah. so J- James is actually my brother-in-law. He's married to my sister. <laughs> for my sins, we got stuck with him. <laughs> 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 He's <laughs> a maggot. It is a Macam, yeah, and we're all Geordies yeah. as well, which isn't
3: nice. Yeah. I don't um, know how he's on this doing? podcast, to be honest.
0: Well, we had to have a token Macam just to, like, tick the box. It was part diverse, of it. Yeah. yeah. And he's... Well, I'm the bold <laughs> one. James is the slightly ginger Macam one. So, like, he ticks two boxes. <laughs> and he's the young one. There's three boxes. Yeah, yeah you're what fine, mate. Oh, you don't want to know what we call you.
3: Uh, I was going to say, I don't really think I want to know. What you said before, Lewis. <laughs> I just want to. I I was just finding on my phone before that um there was a reel I found on Facebook and I shared it in my story the other day and it was um they were talking about drugs make you feel good in the moment but terrible afterwards, whereas yeah. running makes you feel terrible during, yeah. but amazing afterwards. And that is yep. true because you you like especially on like I I loved I love it because I love my speed sessions. I love how sh- like ruined it makes us feel, but I know some people like you say you don't enjoy it when you're running stuff, but you do oh, feel hey, amazing yeah. afterwards, and that's the the benefit that running does give you. I think yeah, I, I think
1: love the they... way running makes me feel. Even yeah. when it's even when it's hurting, I love it. I oh. love the way it makes me feel. In all do you know
0: what, if, you, if you said to me, Lewis, do you want to go and play football and I'll run way harder in football than I would on a run, I love that. But I suppose what I do love is the going for a run and talking to someone. So Dean, who's one of the presenters, two on here, but he wasn't on tonight. Um, me and him tend to run, and he's way better at the slow running than me. He'll run at 6.30 pace really happily. He's like, no, it's all about being in the heart rate zone. He does that really well. Um, but Yeah, I enjoy those ones, but then going by myself, I don't. But, yeah, there's, there's lots of things that I need to get better at with the running. So I've definitely... Made some notes and tips as we've been going. Actually, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. But yeah, is there is there anything else we wanted to cover? I'm just conscious that I've seen Nick yawn twice, and it, I know it's the end of the day.
1: I, I did say <laughs> nine o'clock is my bedtime normally, because uh, I get up at five
0: to, to yeah. train. So I'm, uh,
1: I'm like,
0: yeah, no, I, can, I, I, I feel can tell, myself mate. drifting
1: off, and my my sleepy tea's
0: kicked in as well. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's kicked in. Um, well, yeah, well we we can leave it there. So. I'm sure we we can get you back on in the future as well because it's been a like so informative. I've learned loads, and we probably have a hundred more questions, especially around the running. Um. So yeah, where where can people find you? Because there's lots of people who listen mm. to us who do run. Actually, um, we get comments from yeah, cool. all the time about it. Where can they find you and in- um, yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah, my uh, website is MaximumMileage.com, which is um, actually the name of that was born out of my sons called Max and Miles. I was sat at the nice. breakfast table like a week having, oh, what shall I call this coaching business? And I just sat there and I looked at them and went, oh my fucking God, Max, <laughs> Miles, Maximum Mileage.
2: in <laughs> <laughs> front man. of you the whole time.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, and then everybody thinks I named my sons just so I could name my coaching business, <laughs> but I'm not that sick. Yeah, so maximum Um, I'm on Instagram, is probably one of the best places to get me, which is run with Nick. Uh, simple as that, run with Nick. Um, makes sense, and uh, yeah, that's it. A few places, oh, and I'll your spot, pod- yeah, yeah, you oh, my you podcast, podcast as,
0: well. as well. Yeah, let's plug the podcast yeah, the, 100%. The I'll have to have a listen to it
1: running the podcast. Yes, Maximum Miley's running podcast, simple as that. It's on all platforms, including, as of today, YouTube, which I didn't know there was a thing on there. Uh-huh. Until, you?
0: Do you use StreamYard yeah. or anything for your podcast? What do you use to record?
1: No, Reese um, sent me Streamlabs the other day, and then I've realized I've come and I use StreamYard. I'm going to ask you about this after we've done recording, but yeah. Um, no, I just use Zoom.
0: use Zoom. We, we we tried Zoom. You just don't have the functionality on some of it. So I'm going to show off a little yeah. bit. Like we can change layouts and quite easily. Someone be. I like, oh, get that off. Will... Yeah, get mm-hmm. that off. But you can you can change all the layouts quite easily and stuff, which is quite cool. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Um, you've got like it. You've got an amazing podcast, though. I can't remember who the guest was. I think um his name was uh, Rhys Calvad.
1: Oh, um, um... oh, that <laughs> Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't recommend having it. The only episodes.
1: What were you, episode seven, eight?
3: I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I really enjoyed it, though. Oh, you, um, yeah. And I've really enjoyed yeah. this as well.
0: Yeah, me too. No, no, How have you God. found actually doing a podcast? How have you found doing a podcast, actually, for, for you? Because it's changed my life, actually.
1: I love it. Um, I mean, like, some of the guests I'm getting on, so this week's episode coming out on Thursday is with um, a guy called Dr. Doctor Richard Blagrove. Mm-hmm. and he wrote a book that I follow quite a few of the principles from called strength and conditioning for endurance runners pretty straightforward uh title does exactly what it says on the tin um and I just reached out to him and was like trying to come on the podcast and um and what I'm finding with the podcast is also I've had some really interesting guests from just a you know their story point of view and then some of my episodes are um sort of me giving value to uh, actually some of the recordings of me talking to my athletes. So mm-hmm. there's loads of like nuggets of information really in, cool. in those episodes. <clears throat> but then there's some of those episodes that have actually been kind of like the next level of education for me as a coach by talking to some of these, some of the experts around the industry, really. Um, mm-hmm. So talking to Richard was great. Uh, Mike James a few weeks ago was, was great. Um, and then, you yeah, know, a few kind of elite athletes like Beth Pascal, who won the Western States 100. My coach, Holly, because um, I've got a coach as well. She um, She's an elite uh, ultra runner um, and former professional marathon runner. And I've just learned so much from these people. So, <clears throat> so yeah, that's kind of one of the things I personally got out of it is um, is just learning more and new stuff, really. Mm. I love it. Love it. I will I love definitely it.
0: be giving it a follow. One hundred percent. It's going to see Lou would probably benefit you. Yeah, massively. I think.
1: Yeah, listen yeah. to the first episodes and work your way through. Um, yeah, I will. Yeah, there's uh, yeah lots lots of value to be had, and um, yeah, working on working on some new guests now. Um, I'm quite lucky that I'm coached by Holly, and she knows everybody. She's the former. Uh, she used to host Marathon Talk which mm. was like 400, 400 episodes, I think she did. Wow. So she's, she, she's interviewed lots of quite well-known people. people. So trying to dive into her. Pick up brains. But...
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. That's all it's about.
1: Yeah, it's good. I love
0: it. I love it. I, I love doing the podcast. It's good. Yeah. No, amazing. Um. Okay. Well, listeners, live never has huge audience. This obviously goes out on Spotify. Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, YouTube, live on Facebook, live on my LinkedIn, live on the Everyman's LinkedIn, and um, thank you all for listening. But YouTube, we will YouTube. I'm sure I said YouTube. Um, we will catch you next week. Who Reese is it? Yours next week, or is it one of my guests next week? One of mine. Oh, free ne- um, yeah, one of yours. One of mine. Cool. All right. Well, we will catch you all next week, and thank you very much. Cheers.
1: Thanks. Nick.
3: Cheers. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.